the sky. That is not an exaggeration. Um, we're super grateful that we can all worship together. Uh, I do want to thank the Black Mountain Home for Children for ha- letting us be here. Um, you should definitely be acquainted with their ministry if you're, if you're not. And I want to thank uh, Jeremiah, who worked hard to get this set up, as did Jason and Peter Council. Uh, this stuff takes work, and they did it. They did all of it. So if you see them, you should, you should thank them. Um, we've had a, a, a long season uh, of Lent where we are practicing um, a rule of life together. And, and good news, Lent is over. The season of Lent and fasting is over. The feast day of Easter is here. And the good news is Lent is about 40 days, and Easter is a feast that lasts for 50 days. So if you feel like it's been a long Lenten season of fasting, you get to make up for it for the next 50 days. And if you don't, you're wasting your opportunity. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but you should be feasting and thanking God for all that He's done. Uh, in our lives together and individually. I'm going to read this morning from Romans chapter 6. That's about to go. I don't know whose phone this is, but you're about to lose it. Peter wants it to be clear that it is not his phone, but he's just taking care of it for somebody. I'm going to be in in Romans chapter 6. By the way, if you don't know me, my name's Anthony. I'm the pastor of Valley Hope. Sorry, that was rude of me. I didn't introduce myself. Romans chapter 6. What then shall we say? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us one more time. Lord Jesus, we thank you this Easter morning for what you've done for us, for what you've won for us, for what you are still doing in us and in the world. God, we pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to see you better, to hear you better, that our hearts would be soft before you and would catch fire with love. We know that love first comes from you for us. Help us to respond by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, This morning uh, is Easter Sunday, as you all no doubt know. The the morning that the church uh, remembers and celebrates the resurrection, the victory of God in the world through the resurrection of Jesus. Um, And it's also uh, a day that's typically, traditionally in the history of the church, a day that when many people come into the church, 
Um, in many places in, in churches, you're going you're gonna to hear a lot of, of messages uh, inviting people. Maybe you've not been in church in a long time or, or maybe ever, and there's lots of people that are like you, and all of you are hearing the same thing. Today's the day to, to come in, to come and see, to come and be healed and to be resurrected. But it's also a day that the Christians all over the world for, for 2,000 years have often been brought into the church formally through baptism. People would wait for years to be able to come and be baptized into the church. And this morning, we're going to have a baptism. Uh, Athalia Council is going to be baptized today in that creek over there in just a little bit. Um, baptism has been on my mind for that reason. Also, just putting my cards on the table, I have to write a paper for school and it's about baptism. So that could also be why it's on my mind. Paul here in Romans chapter 6, though, makes it clear that Christian baptism is not just a symbol. It's not about water. It is about resurrection. Paul tells the people in the church of Rome that they have access to something in the work of Jesus and in the baptism that applies that work of Jesus to them. And Paul says what happens in baptism is that you get thrown into the grave that Christ went into on your behalf. And when you are baptized, you don't just get left with death, but you instead get left with his life. Today, on Easter 2021, we need to stop and we need to think about where we were on Easter 2020. I know our church wasn't in any context remotely like this. I, I preached the Easter sermon for last year in our building on a Thursday into a video camera and we posted it on YouTube and then each of us individually in our homes had Easter lunch and we tried to celebrate the best that we could. A year ago on Easter the world was filled with fear and loneliness and sorrow. I know I was grateful on Easter, but I was also incredibly sad because I couldn't be with almost any of you on that day. The world was marked by death. And it didn't stop on Easter Sunday. In fact, we thought that would be the worst of things, but it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, hundreds of thousands of people died from COVID, which is horrific enough. But hundreds of thousands more people loved those people and had their families broken forever. Hundreds of thousands of people lost loved ones and were not even able to be there to say goodbye. Our country fractured into a thousand different pieces. Racial tension and injustice overflowed and was set on fire. Families have broken apart because of elections. Christians have fought wars with each other because of a mask and whether you should or should not wear one. 
I'm not even hitting all of the highlights of 2020. There's likely things that happen in your individual life that are largely unknown. And it is grief upon grief upon grief that has accumulated again and again. And what Paul is saying is that what needs to happen is death. You know, I don't know if I've felt that more keenly than at any time in my life than I do right now. This past year, I don't know that I've felt that more keenly, that I've looked at the state of the world, the way that things are, and say, I want this thing to die. There are so many things that I want to kill in the world. I want COVID to die. I want all these things that that cause families to fracture and politics to burn up and do friends to no longer be friends anymore. I want all of those things to die. Before 2020, I had problems in my life that I said, I wish those things would be fixed. But for the past year, I have said something more pointed. I want those things to die. And what we're feeling when we look at the world and look at what God has walked us through over the past year, what we're feeling is what we should feel. That death, disease, darkness, and evil is pervasive and invasive. And what's alarming is that Paul says that stuff is not just out there. It is in here and inside you. So you are right to want those things to die. The disaster is that you cannot disentangle yourself from those things out there because it flows from inside of who you are. That every single person has in their DNA coiled up all the markers of evil and death and destruction. And it is really tempting to look at the, the news, to look at newspaper articles and say, those people over there are a problem. But what the scriptures are going to keep pointing back to you is you are allied with all of those things that you despise. It is not just those things or those people that need to die. Something in you needs to die or it's going to kill you anyway. And what Paul says is there is a miracle available to you. The great, unexpected, surprising work of God is that death can be offered to you now in a way that will free you and deliver you and uncoil evil from your DNA. And in the miracle of baptism, God puts you in to the life of Jesus. We believe that Jesus took up our own humanity, all of the things that have wrapped around us and exploded out of us and filled this world with anger and fear and disease and death. Christ took up all of our humanity, not a little bit, not a sample, not not a kind of, but all of our humanity and joined it with his own divinity so that the life of God would no longer have anything to mock it in our humanity. God in Christ provides for you the death that you could not die so that you might have the life that you long for. And we call Good Friday good because we look at the suffering death of Jesus Christ and we say on that cross is the love of God such that he would wrap his arms around all my disease and death and embrace it 
for no reason other than that he loves me. Because that is the way that God is. And today, Easter is what enables us to say that Good Friday actually was good. Because if the resurrection does not happen, then Jesus' death on the cross is just another dude dying a terrible death. But the resurrection of Jesus shows us that God did exactly what He wanted to do, which is liberate His people to deliver them from the things that oppress us from inside of us and from outside. So that now, Paul says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Where Paul is going in the book of Romans is ultimately to the end of Romans chapter 8 when he says you can list all the things in the world that you can think of that might perchance separate you from God. You can put anything on that list, starting with your sin, disease, death, COVID, slavery, oppression, darkness. And what he says is nothing, nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Christian, if you are here today and you have felt the weight of this year laying on your shoulders and not lifting off of you, you are to remember your baptism and remember that your life has been intertwined with Christ. It does not erase your suffering or make it untrue or unreal, but it is the promise that your life flows from God Himself and that nothing that you fear could ever completely conquer or overwhelm you because all the lists of your enemies have already been defeated by Jesus. If you have been wandering away from God, if you are here today and you know that for the past year, five years, 12 years, whatever it is, you have been wandering away from God, doing life as you wish and please. Christian, if you would just remember your baptism and understand, it has never been about you. Your baptism was not your profession of your own sufficiency for what God has done. It was God's promise and seal to you that He would do what He absolutely purposed and intended to do. You, in your frailty and your failure, are the one that Christ died for because He loves you. And if you are here today and you have never entered into the life of Christ, you have never been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if you have never come and put your faith and your trust in Jesus, God sent me today here to tell you that you have no hope available to you or inside of you that is sufficient. And what you need is death. Death will come to you. It will be either your death that you die alone. It will be the death of Christ in your place. Those are the options available to you. And what you are invited to is to leave aside all the dying that you need and to embrace the life of God himself. Paul says, when we are baptized into Jesus' life, we can take heart because Jesus only dies one time. He's not dying again. It is one death 
for you forever. The, the powers that we've seen in our lives and on our screens are condemned forever. And in his resurrection life is a life that is inconquerable and will carry you to the end and to the grave and through it. And one day you will see him face to face. And he will carry you until that moment. So whether you are a Christian here this morning or you are not, the message is still the same. Look to Jesus and come find your hope in the resurrected Lord, triumphant in and over death for the life of his people now and forever. I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that you in Jesus have done everything that we need. The longing that we have in our hearts for freedom and deliverance from the powers of sin and death. The things that we crave, you provide in fullness better than we could ask or imagine. God, I pray for everyone who is here today who has grown weary and begun to lose hope. I pray, God, that you would help them to remember that their hope is not about them, but it is about you. I pray that you would put your hands on all their suffering and their grief and their failure, and that you would speak a better word to them, that you have always pledged yourself as their healer and their resurrection. God, I pray for those who are here today who do not put their trust in you. God, I pray that they would see the state of not just the world, but their own heart. And they would come to the truth about themselves. That in them is no hope at all. But in you is a sure hope. God, I pray that you would quickly come. Bring them to come to your own life so they'd be delivered from their death. I thank you that your word is effective and you are faithful to it. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your love shown for us and your life, death, and resurrection that is now our own life. Amen.